Hey, everybody, it's Chuck Arfine. Welcome to the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you as always by our great friends at Wintrust. So Mark Burley barely stayed on the ballot for the Hall of Fame this year, getting 5.8% of the vote. Now, he's certainly a White Sox Hall of Famer, one of the best pitchers in the history of the franchise. But what about Cooperstown? On the surface, many people outside of Chicago, and even in Chicago, and on the south side of Chicago, say he was great, but maybe not Hall of Fame great. But dig into Burley's numbers, his accomplishments, and his unicorn career, and the Hall of Fame case for Burley might change and grow over time. And I'm going to break that down with Chris Kampka and Ryan McGuffey here on the podcast. And although we aren't actual Hall of Fame voters, all three of us shared our own ballots for this year. The players we would have put in the Hall of Fame and the players we would not. Thanks to the steroid era, it can really be a mental puzzle deciding who is a Hall of Famer and who isn't. And it led to a spirited debate between us. So it's Burley, Bonds, Clemens, Ortiz, Schilling, Sousa. Sit back, relax, and strap it down. Our Hall of Fame White Sox Talk podcast is coming your way. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With White Sox checking, you'll score a Sox debit card. Plus, you'll get a special offer when you open online today at Wintrust.com slash Sox Talk. $100 card to open. White Sox. Go, go, White Sox. That ball hit deep way back. Deep to the Holy cow. Carlton Fest has put the White Sox ahead. Jimenez leaves the ballpark. You can put it on the ball. Yes! We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. All right, I have my resident Mark Burley experts with me. Ryan McGuffey, Chris Kampka. You are you guys are Hall of Famers in my book, certainly when it comes to talk about Mark Burley. So let's begin with him. I mean... He's still on the ballot. Congratulations, Mark Burley. Step yeah. by step by step, right? It's, it's just a this is a weird thing because okay, I know he's not gonna get in, right? I don't know. Are you saying ever or are you saying I, I don't know? I don't know if he'll ever get in. Yet at the same time, every time I see a ballot with his name and I'm like, yes. Just because he deserves something, I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I guess we'll get into it a little more. My thing is, Chris, he's now on the ballot for a third year, which tells you people are are thinking that there's something to look at there. Like for the, those who have voted for him are telling other voters, okay, when they go to look at Mark Burley now next year, you know, maybe they didn't put him under the microscope the first two years because they were focused on other players. And now those big three names that this whole entire ballot was about are going to be gone. That helps Burley. And, it does. And, no, I'm and glad. I, It'll be yeah, interesting. Okay. To see. I think. I think if I think it gets interesting if he gets to five plus years, then it gets interesting. I really do. Well, it's just starting from such a small point, though. I mean, eleven down to five point six. Well, hang yeah, on. I, I I think the reason for that, though, I, I I'm speculating. There are. It, it's hard to narrow. This is like the first time in a long time that it's really hard to to. Uh, limit yourself to 10. I mean, you have to, you can only vote as for as many as 10. I know some vote zero, some vote 10, but there are more than 10 names on this list, in my opinion, that deserve votes. So I think Burley may have lost a few votes this year because of some of the names on it this year, i.e. Ortiz and a couple other, the first year, like A-Rod, obviously he didn't, he didn't get a lot of votes, but he got enough votes to get. And if you're, if you're voting for, for Bonds and Pet or Clemens and all those guys, uh, you know, you have to 
devote all your energy that way too. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to err on the side of caution and not look too much into the 11 down to 5.8 because of the uniqueness of this year's ballot. If Mark Burley is able to go from 5.8% to 75%, we're talking about like Rudy Rudiger. I mean, we're talking about an underrated. We're talking about, you make a movie about this. If Mark Burley is able to eventually get in there, but you know what? Rudy Whitaker did happen. That was a, a true story. Might have been fabricated a little bit in the movies, but let's dive into this because, yeah, 5.8% for Mark Burley got 23 votes. Uh, A.T. Brzezinski, by the way, got two votes, so congrats to him, 0.5% of the vote. For Burley, it really comes down to this, and I had Brian Kenny on the podcast last year as we looked into his candidacy, and the way that BK, as we call him sorry i'm just throwing that out there i don't know why he's called him bk sorry everyone um call some bk too that's all right <laughs> i've known brian for a long time um it's peak versus longevity you have to look at that i mean it's important for a player to, to be like one of the best players for like a decade or nine years or someone like burley who was very very good for about 15 years and i'm sure chris you've got all sorts of stats to kind of explain the candidacy for Burley, you know, what stands out for you for Mark to eventually get into the hall of fame? Because he, yeah, he was not the best pitcher of his day, but when you look at the numbers, the stats, what he accomplished from beginning to end, it does make you think, and it does provide certainly some people the belief that Cooperstown is where he should eventually belong. It's, it's innings, it's durability, it's workload. And that man, it you know, means something. You watch guys today. I mean, hardly anyone gets that 200 inning mark anymore. Well, Burley did. Um, so there's 15 pitchers in MLB history with at least 15 seasons of 30 or more starts, and Burley's one of those. And I mean, it's just all a bunch of Hall of Famers plus Roger Clemens, Frank Tanana, and Mark Burley. So those are all. I mean, of 15 pitchers. With 15 seasons, 30 more starts, 12 of the 15 are Hall of Famers. I mean, you have that. Then you have all the various inning numbers. All right, so two, how most 200 inning seasons since 2000, it's Burley with 14, and then Verlander with 12, James Shields with 10, top three. You can even stretch that back to 1990, most seasons of 200 innings. Maddox has 16, then Burley, Randy Johnson, and Glavin have 14. So I mean, any time you drop one of these lists, it's just a bunch of Hall of Famers. That's so what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, it means something. It means when something. people really get under the microscope, yeah, and they and they and they start to li- like they're going to go Burley, and they're going to go White Sox, and then they're going to start putting him under the microscope of that of the and they it's going to spit out Hall of Famers. That's what it's going to do. Now, mm-hmm. those names that you listed were dominant for periods of time, but Chuck, to what to your point about you know stretches of dominance for a certain period of time versus like longevity, the Hall of Fame is made up of both of them. There's like you can make a wing of the best players in the history of the game, and that's like 100 of the plaques. And then, like, the other 145 plaques are guys who did it again and again and again and again for 12, 13, 14, 15, 20 seasons. And Burley fits. Here's the other thing I think about Hall of Famers like this because I, 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 five years ago, I did not think Mark Burley was a Hall of Famer, but I started doing, I started doing the litmus test. I started putting his, his name in and seeing what it was spitting out. And as we go on in, in Major League Baseball today, I start looking at things that will never happen again in, in, in baseball or my lifetime. One of those things that will never happen again is 14 straight years of 200 innings. It'll never happen again, period. Not with the way and the money this game is spitting out in, in the arms. So that matters. Like that is a thing that matters. And Chris, I had no idea until you said it, you can go back 32 seasons, and the only guy that's thrown more 200 inning seasons than Mark Burley is Greg Maddox. Yep, man, like give me the microphone and the, cl- and, the and lock the door because it's time to start talking about Mark Burley. It gets interesting, and I think there's another element to this that if you look at the style of pitcher that Burley was, and hmm. the fact that he was a pitch to contact guy with very few strikeouts, who was managed to have the success he did. You look at him and you say. Wow, that's a remarkable skill set because he was able to do it with less than virtually anybody else out there, at least at that level. 
in the middle of the steroid era. Yeah. And and you look at the uniqueness of Mark Burley compared to everybody else racking up innings in the era, which really makes it even more interesting. Pitched the contact big time, and he threw two no-hitters. Who's the only guy in the major league history with multiple gold gloves and multiple no-hitters? Mark Burley. I mean, dude. He's the only one? He's the only one. I mean, I mean, gold gloves came in in the mid in the late fifties, but still, we're talking about over fifty years here. When you look at WAR, like that's one way you can look at players. You compare their stats in different eras. Yeah. So Mark Burley's WAR is sixty. Okay. Yep. You'd like to be at eighty. I think that's where Schilling is, or maybe he's like in the seventies. Don Drysdale. These are all Hall of Famers. Don Drysdale's WAR. For his career, 61. Juan Marichal, 61. Jim Bunning, 60.3. I mean, his war stacks up with Hall of Famers. That's what Mark Burley can do. And then you look at wins. All right, wins don't mean as much today as they used to. But Burley has 214 wins. Justin Verlander right now is 226. Verlander is going to be like a no-doubt Hall of Famer. About that. Guys who debuted since 1990. Only a dozen have 200 wins. And the the guys who are even in the ballpark to get there, there's only three. And it's Scherzer with 190, Clayton Kershaw 185, Adam Wainwright 184. But he's not going to get there. He probably has one year left. So we're looking at two guys who have a legitimate chance of joining that anytime soon. And so it's going to be a very exclusive club. 200 is the new 300. Mm, no doubt. Just well, when I look at – when I look at Burley, I just look at him, not who he is right now, although that's exactly how we're looking at it, but I'm looking into the future, at least trying to, and ask the question, what's the Burley brand going to look like in five years? Because at some point, yeah, the pitching prospects for the Hall of Fame are going to go dry. There's just not going to be that many pitchers eligible to make it to the hall of fame. You're going to have CC Sabathia. I'm basically the next pitcher that might get in is CC Sabathia in 2026. Hall of Famer. No doubt. Okay. Right. After that, is John Lester a hall of famer? Well, okay. You don't don't have to answer that question, but this is who we're talking about here. Burley and Lester have, uh, are, 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 that's a great argument. I think to me, I I, personally, I feel like if one goes, they both go. That's kind of how. Okay. So Lester is 2027. Eventually, we're talking Verlander, Scherzer, and Kershaw. But you throw all that together, you're looking at three or four pitchers in the next decade getting into Cooperstown. That's it. So I think in the future, people are going to be looking at Burley, and they're going to be looking more into it like we are and saying, wait a second, this is what he did when he did it is truly special and i think those numbers hopefully will go up are they gonna to go to 75 percent? i don't know but that's that's the hope that's the dream God. Well, chuck you brought up war right like that's yeah. a stat that lo- is looked at more in 2022 than it was in t- 2002 right yeah and while while we're gonna take wins and kind of throw them out we're gonna accept war hear me out here because you brought up war here are the pitchers yeah. here are the pitchers above mark burley that are not in the Hall of Fame. There's only there's only a handful. Okay, Andy Pettit is literally right. At, is the next guy on the list for about for it's, it's Jim Bunning actually. But then Andy Pettit, you know, the steroid thing is he's a Hall of Famer guaranteed without the steroids. Charlie Buffington, Tony Mullane, Tommy Bond, David Cohn, CC Sabathia, Hall of Famer, right? Tommy John, Bobby Matthews, Max Scherzer, Hall of Famer, Zach Granke, Hall of Famer. Ooh, Rick Russell, oh, the Granky's a whole kid. Granky's easy. Rick Russell, okay. Kevin Brown, Kershaw, Verlander, Hall of Famers. Jim McCormick, Kurt Schilling, again would have been Hall of Famer. Roger Clemens. That's the list. And half the guys you just spit out are 19th century guys who aren't going to really be revisited. And the guys are completely different era. It's just not the same. So basically, there's three guys on the yeah. list that are not Hall of Famers. If you if you if you take out the 19th century guys. Take out the steroid guys who should be Hall of Famers, you know, and, and any other area. Basically, it's Kevin Brown, David Cohn, and Rick Russell. That's yeah. There's the been a lot. Guys. I mean, each each one of those three guys, you could make a solid case for any one of them. 
But that's my point. No like, offense to Rick Russell. Boy, I, yeah. I didn't think Rick Russell would be ahead of Mark Burley. Rick Russell, if you consider the fact that he played for just really bad, mediocre Cub teams, if you yeah. put him on a contender, it's a whole nother discussion. Interesting. That's a he's good a point. Very, he's a sleeper candidate. He has been for some time. Yeah. So before we get into the actual Hall of Fame MERS and our Hall of Fame ballots, actually, there's only one new Hall of Famer. What do you think happens with Burley? You think eventually – so, Guff, you think he's a Hall of Famer. I think I, – I, I think he doesn't make it. But if Ever. he does, if, if he does, I think he probably gets on in the, in the new era committee. He, he's a perfect candidate to me for that, like the post-ballot committee. Um, I, I, I personally, Chuck, I, I don't know how to answer the question because, like, watching him play, I never thought – here. here's, like – you don't want to well, go to the Well, that's part of the litmus test. You know, they you always ask to... when you watch. I know. But hang yeah. on. You don't want to go to the bathroom when a certain player comes to the, to the plate. But I didn't want to miss a Mark Burley start and in a different mm-hmm. way because it wasn't going to be 15 strikeouts, one hit. It was just going to be quick and fun, and something was probably going to happen that you weren't expecting. And for the most part, like, he did that. I think that as each year goes by going forward, if Burley continues to stay on the ballot, the case for him grows a hell of a lot stronger. I really believe that. That's what I think too. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I I, don't, I just can't see him ever getting it, unfortunately. I'd love to see it. It's just hard. I mean, then again, um, I didn't think that happened either. By the way, I'm wearing a Harold Baines hat. Um, <laughs> but, hey, you never know. I'd love to see it. I just, I just find it hard because no Cy Young Awards. That's going to be a big point in his you know, yeah. negative – he didn't have 21 season, although his total was really good. Uh, and then the strikeouts, I mean, his top strikeout season was 165, and that's the only time he topped 150. So it's going to be really – it's going to be a big uphill climb because I just don't think that the voters are going to see the uniqueness factor and the durability factor in, in the same light. I think the uniqueness factor is something I'm kind of just bringing out there because, look, he was able to thrive – in a game that was totally against the way he did, he did it. And to me, that should be celebrated. But I just don't think the voters are going to see it that way. Yeah, I, yeah, that's the that's big thing with him. Because when you watched Burley, I, I'll speak for myself. I'll speak for a lot of you because I think I, I, I think I'm onto something here. If I may say so myself, we didn't realize we were watching a unicorn. Oh, we knew great. he was special. We knew he was special, but we didn't realize that the career he was putting together year by year by year was going to be so unique and so unicorn-esque that when it was finally over and you looked at it and you realized what he was doing versus everybody else, that's when it really gets driven home. And you're like, wait a second. I thought I knew what I was looking at, but no, I was watching something so much better, so much greater than – what met the eye? And I think that's how I could sum up my, Mark Burley's Hall of Fame chances. I also think, for whatever reason, and, and I think he's a big factor, he's a big component of this. When people watched Mark Burley pitch, they felt like they were watching their neighbor, their buddy, their friend, because he was so damn relatable to the fans. He loved the South Side, and the South Side loved him back. But your favorite player doesn't necessarily mean he's a Hall of Famer. I think sitting here now, I have a much different appreciation for his overall body of work than I did living it in the moment. But I just think that like Mark Burley might be the most fun, unique. I love the unicorn, Chuck. I think he, he is. He's a unicorn. And But I'll say this. I'll say this. I think – I don't know if he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think he belongs in the Hall of Conversation. And if this thing, if he can keep getting enough votes to garner being on the ballot, as you mentioned, it's going to be tougher and tougher for pitchers' names to show up. I think the case ramps up in that back half of, of, of you know, if he gets to six plus, yeah. the conversation lives. To your point, Chuck and Guff, you bring up war. And, and the thing is, when, you, when you're piling up 200 innings every year, you, you don't notice the streak until it reaches – double digits and war pit, war for pitchers rewards bulk and volume 
and that works in Burley's favor there. It should though. Uh, so that that's a good thing. So I mean, when you're talking about the uniqueness, when ten years from now, when you have a bunch of voters just staring at a bunch of stats, they're going to lose the context, and that's and that's one thing that might hurt them there too. They're going to see they're going to see the war. They're going to see it's comparable to a few guys on the ballot maybe, and they're going to think, well, I mean, these other guys struck out more, and maybe had a lower ERA. And that's where Burley gets lost in the shuffle, which is unfortunate because, if it, I mean, you had to have the proper context to truly understand a guy that he hit a home run, he had a save in a World Series game, he had four gold gloves. He had a combination of things is just like like we've all been saying. It's very unique and interesting when you, when you step back and look at the totality of his career. Yeah, I think the World Series helps. I mean, let's be honest. Like, a lot of guys are judged on their postseason resumes – John Lester certainly, if he if he gets that bump, it's going to be because of his postseason career. Like certainly what he did in the postseason, and for who he did it for, because the Cubs and Red Sox are such a national spotlight. But you know, Burley should get credit too for being a part of that that or leading that staff. You know, for ending yeah. the curse here. So because yeah, because those long World Series droughts, it's like the White Sox drought didn't exist. It was just about as long as the. The Red Sox won and just a tick shorter than the Cubs. It was longer than the Red Sox yeah. won. Everyone forgets yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 86. Yeah. It was 88. Yeah. And there I said go. earlier, he did this during the height of the steroid era, which, yeah. you know, adds even more to his case. And I'll throw one more thing at you. Actually, two. What if he pitched until he was 40? It's a big what if, but I think that changes things because his last season was 2015. He's 36 years old. He went 15 and eight with a 3.81 ERA. He was uh, <laughs> he was four outs away from uh, pitching 200 innings for the 15th year in a row. Did you watch that last game? That last game was brutal. Mm. It was so hard to watch. The game, the game, you know, they gave him the start on the final day of the season, yep. so he so he can get there. And I don't think and he, he made just it out. Of the get anybody out. Yeah. It, well, he was, was hard. Back on, wasn't he coming back on like two days? Rest? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and here's I mean, one you, more hard for him. Here's one more. What if? What if Mark Burley took steroids? Because Roger Clemens did. Look what it did for his career. And we were supposed well, to judge Roger okay. Clemens' numbers against Mark Burley's. Someone I'll say did. it wouldn't. It wouldn't have made any difference for Mark Burley, and I'll tell I you agree. why. I tell you, uh, he, he wasn't a power pitcher, so that wasn't going to give him a couple extra added miles of velocity. It wasn't going to extend his career because he could have kept playing as it was. He chose to leave. So for those two things, I just don't think it would have impacted Burley's career at all. I mean, that's just my thought. I could be wrong. I actually think Burley walking away before forty helps his case. A and B, I certainly think not, not taking steroids doubles down on that because I'm with Chris. You know, what's he get? Maybe he gets the two thousand strikeouts. You know, right now he's at – he finished his career with 18, 1870. So what, maybe he gets 130 extra strikeouts to get to 2,000. His case but, doesn't get any greater because he gets But he could have just as easily continued playing because he wanted to. He just didn't want to. So yeah. 2,000, he could have had that without steroids, without a problem. Yeah, that's, well, that's a good fastball point. would have definitely increased in velocity with steroids. I don't know about that. No. How about this, though? Here, here's one thing I wonder about a guy like Mark Burley with steroids. Does he break down? You know, the one thing that was great about the biggest his biggest strength and, and the biggest case for him, do steroids yeah, – does, does he rip something off the bone? I'll put it that way. That's a fantastic point. Yeah, it might have – why don't work the other way? Yep. The one guy. <laughs> <laughs> whose steroids would have been the worst thing for him to take him and Jamie Moyer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That leads us to the second part of our conversation. And that is the hall of fame 2022, the guy who did get in and those who didn't besides Mark Burley. And we've got our own hall of fame ballots. I have no idea where you guys stand on some of these guys. So I'm very curious to see what your ballots are. Uh, but this was a year, 2022, where the steroid era really came to a head because, you know, Ortiz got in, a known steroid user, Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, mm. the 10th and final times on the ballot for all of them. 
and I think I think known steroid users a bit uh, presumptive. For who? Ortiz. Ortiz. Well, he he. Well, what do you mean? Wasn't he in a report? Two thousand three. Yeah, but I mean, it could have been a positive test. There was some kind of like yeah, it might have been a false positive though. So I don't know about that. I don't know that was also I'm, legal still in 03, I believe. Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's things in there that make me say I'm not going to throw Ortiz in there, not with a lot. I need a lot more information. Okay, and I was going to get to Ortiz. Well, yeah, why don't I explain? Here's my thought on Ortiz. Um, you know, before I get to Ortiz. This is what I want to say, because I wish in this scenario, if I didn't work with Frank Thomas and talk to Frank and hear his side of things, I would probably say Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, everybody, bring them all in. But when you hear someone like Frank talk about the Hall of Fame and steroid use and what he did and how he sacrificed and these other guys just cheated their asses off. It gives me a, a big time pause as to whether I want any of these guys in the hall of fame Ortiz. what happens with him is that he gets caught in a weird way in 2003. Um, and it was it's supposed to be, this was, it was not supposed to be made public and it was right. So, but he wasn't really the David Ortiz that we know of like the hall of famer at, in 2003, he became that guy after. So that's why I actually am fine with Ortiz getting into the hall of fame. He might've been cheating, but he wasn't really the hall of famer that we knew um, in 2003. He was amazing from 2004 onwards. So that's where yeah. I stand with Ortiz. That's fair. I actually heard this. I heard, I'm not going to you know throw any names out there, but I've heard this thing like, Oh yeah, he just became this guy in Boston because who knows with the implication that they're not even cheating, but that's really not how the story unfolded for David Ortiz. The Minnesota Twins had David Ortiz, and he just did not fit in their way of baseball. They played him sporadically, and, and you know they didn't really give him a legitimate chance, and that's why he wasn't David Ortiz with the Twins. I mean, he always had big power. I've seen it. So Yeah, from 2004 to 2016, he hit 452 homers, had a 956 OPS. This was after... He, you know, may have been taking PEDs. So I'm fine with him getting He did it. take – the, the, the dispute is what did he take? That's what that that's what did he test positive for, which could have been an over-the-counter supplement from GNC, which I don't want to speculate how many players were right. doing that, but most of them. So I'm not defending – Ortiz, because I have my my take yeah. on all this too. There's there's a there's a decent chance that he did, but for me, I am very 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 hesitant to point fingers unless I have like some legitimate hardcore proof. All right, coming up more of our conversation here on the White Sox Talk podcast. We're back after this. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred seventy five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, let's get to Barry Bonds. All right, Guff, you put him in or no? Yes. Uh, it's not even a question for me. I agree with you, listening, with, being with Frank. And this, they're neat. the Baseball Hall of Fame has the baseball problem. Once again, the voting is so effing flawed, it's a joke. Because I have a problem with David Ortiz getting in and all these other guys not getting in. Because it's like, it's like I saw somebody have a tweet. It was it was dead on. I'll, I'll give Tyler Conway credit for this tweet. Barry Bonds did steroids, kind of a dick. No hall. A Rod did steroids, kind of a dick. No hall. Roger Clemens did steroids, kind of a dick. No hall. 
David David Ortiz did steroids. Likeable dude, first Bell Hall of Fame. Like, but they're different. I, that's I, I actually can see the difference between all of them. Not all of them. I can see the difference between uh, Ortiz and the other three you're talking about. No, I listen. A Rod, yes. A Rod, yes. I, I have. A, I, a, if you tell me, is, if you ask the question, like, is Bonds no or Bonds yes? A Rod, no. I would not have in the Hall of Fame because here's my problem with Bonds. All right. He made a mockery of the game. The guy was whacked out on steroids, changed his entire body. Yep. 73 home runs. He had 268 home runs after the age of 35. You look at his baseball reference page. You're like, whoa. And I look at some people. I look at that and go, that's utter domination. And you understand that, hey, this was at a time where they were kind of taking a Blind eye to things in the game, and that was just they the steroid they era. They made a ton and of money off right. it. They made right. That's Major League Baseball's problem. It's a joke. It, this is this whole thing's a joke. The Baseball Hall of Fame is the, one of the best museums in the world, and it, I can go there every year and, and and still have my jaw drop and be like blown away by things there. Now, thankfully, there are people like Barry Bonds and things and, and, and artifacts in the Hall of Fame that show that he did play at a high level in the game. I don't like Barry Bonds. I don't like what he did. I don't like what he did to the game. It, after all of this became a thing, no one was saying shit when this was going down. Everyone was celebrating. There were 50,000 fans. Everyone was everywhere. And the fact that Sammy Sosa gets the ultimate black ball treatment is one of the biggest jokes of all of it to me. The guy flat out, like him and Mark McGuire flat out saved baseball. It, it's what put this whole thing on the pedestal. Yes, if I were Frank and anybody else, I would be most pissed that those guys benefited financially from it. That's what I'd be most mad about. I The Hall of Fame is so flawed, and I, and this is not taken away from the guys who are in it because I love it, but there are so many guys who cheated the game up and down the system. I'll go all the way back to the first class. There's documentation all up and down this thing. It's a joke, the, and it's just it's the nice guy award, and this guy treated me wrong. They need to really go back and look at how this thing is voted in. It's a hall of statistics. It's a hall of the best players to ever play the game. Barry Bonds is one of the best it's players. It's a hall of integrity, too. Or is that just bullshit? That is the biggest. That's what that says. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to vote on integrity and character. Oh, yeah, we can well, choose to ignore it. You know, Here, here's here's the thing. Yeah. If it's a hall of integrity, Mark Burley's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Period. It's not a Dale Murphy. It's not the light. It's not the good guy award. Like if we're doing yes. the good guy Hall of Fame, you know, uh, Harold's the first ballot. This is. A, but what are we doing here? Every yeah, okay. single the, year, you know. Sorry, I'm on a rant. Duff, you're you're spot on. Uh, McGuire and Sosa saved baseball in '98. I mean, it's it's pretty clear. No, they did. The, the amount of, they they made baseball fun again for me to they watch, did. for me to, to go through. Yeah. Uh, the character clause is just a bullshit cop out for writers to not vote yeah. for people they don't like. Yep. Period. And we'll go we'll get into that a little more. Um, but Bonds is a Hall of Famer. The story of baseball is incomplete without the guy who has the most career home runs, the most career walks, the most career runs. Yeah, I mean it just it just is. The guy has more intentional walks than the Tampa Bay Rays have had in their franchise history. <laughs> I mean, if you if you if you take all his walks, it's like I, I forget, it's like two trips up and down the Golden Gate Bridge and walks alone. It's just it's just funny. The guy had like a, a 600 on base percentage one season. Yeah, it's video game numbers. But and, and, I, and I won't pretend to know when Barry Bonds started taking steroids. I can make an educated guess, but to me, educated guesses aren't enough in this case. Um, I'm, you can I'm see it. Go, you can see it. I, I just I don't, don't know for sure. Nobody else does either. So I'm not going to pretend to know what point, what date he started taking them, if he took them at all. And I'm still there oh. too. I've Come never on. seen him take him. That's that's where I see. Right, well, I'm not going to go that far. I, I I won't go that far, but I do. I am all in for the, however you want to acknowledge the fact that his career has been either a he admitted steroids or whatever and suspended, or b his his career is in some of his numbers in his career are in question due to the steroid era. Put it as an asterisk on the plaque. Put a put a separate little like corridor or wall hall in 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 the plaque gallery. I'm all for that. Like, if you want to acknowledge, but like, I don't think in that case to compare it with Frank, like Barry Bonds' plaque should have the same celebratory treatment as Frank. I, that part I'm adamant against. I'm adamant on too. I think it should say, 
one of the greatest, like home run leader, blah, 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 blah. And then like the last two or three sentences, it should say like, you know, it took, he, he's on the committee. He got voted in after the ballot because his career is completely in question from X to X due to the steroid era. I really yeah. You should say he cheated. It should, the plaque should say he cheated. Yeah. But like Chris is right. If like you never understand that. If you like A-Rod should absolutely say he cheated and he served a suspension and yada, yada, yada. The problem is with the guys who never admitted it, like Andy Pettit, if he gets in, it should say he cheated because he admitted it and you move on. The guys who never admitted it should, it it, it can't necessarily say he cheated. Uh, but the, of course the hall of integrity may make them look in the mirror and make sure that they admit it before they go in the hall of fame. I just, I just have think to have everybody, everybody should be encouraged to know their history. Okay. Know the context in which these stats are made. That's it. You don't need to write it down there and just say every fan should, should know what happened. That's it. Read, read. Yeah. And again, I look at these numbers. Yeah. The numbers alone, these guys belong in the hall of fame. Clemens, even Sosa. But yes. if you ask any player who played the game clean, I'd like to think they're all going to say, F them. Look what I did. I, if I would have taken steroids and cheated, I, I could have Im- improved my career. I could have made more money. These guys cheated. More money. It's all about money, Chuck. They're most pissed because of the money. And I get it. Like I would be too. These guys they may have lost their hundreds. yeah they 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 may have lost their jobs their careers because other guys had you, better can, ones. Can I, ask, can I ask you a question now? That's that now that we're in hindsight, 15, 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Why didn't anybody step up to the mic then? Why didn't anybody say, "Hey, has anyone looked at what's going on here?" No one wanted to get the black. Right. Everyone was afraid. Here, everyone was afraid deal. because they knew it was a problem. And the commissioner of baseball, it's shit rolls downhill, and it starts with leadership. And when you have leadership that's allowing it. It's just it's the open door policy extends to every room. And, you know, if you're it's it's either you're in or you're out. And the guys who are out good. Like, I'm glad they were like, I I love that Frank, you know, like Frank's name. Like he's a first Bell Hall of Famer and, and, and other players I loved growing up. But like that was a chance they took. Right. I mean, here, here's here's the thing. Here's look at how these guys are being talked about and looked at now. They didn't make it. So. Frank, in my opinion, gets the ultimate validation. Guys are going to slip in forever for the rest of time that whose careers were in question. They already have. Mike Piazza, there's going to be other guys along the way, Yvonne Rodriguez. But the guys who didn't do it, whose careers weren't questioned, are getting in and they're getting glorified, and they should. They get, they're getting their day in court. These guys who did it are getting their day in court. You're oh. accepting cheating. It's okay to cheat. See, I understand completely where the guys would be coming from. If they're mad, say, I did it clean, this guy didn't. I'm a fan. So I watched these things happen as they happened, and they were awesome moments, and they can't erase the way I felt when I watched it. And second of all, Major League Baseball allowed these guys to go on. If they did, say if they they cheated, Major League Baseball allowed it to happen without taking immediate action that they could have done. So in that case – it's Major League Baseball's problem to sort that out, not mine. So if I'm going <laughs> to vote, I'm going to vote on the stats and that, that alone. And that's fine. I, and I'm not saying I have the right answer because I, I know. No, I, we all have opinions that may vary, and that's fine. It's my opinion. It's fine. And, it's part of know, the debate. So, right. Chuck, and, let me ask you a question. Chuck, yeah. let me ask you a question. I'm gonna, yeah. how, did you, how did you watch the 1998 season? Were you, you, like, see, that's, you, like okay. you know what, though? This, I'm glad you asked that question because – the way I was watching the 1998 season and the entire steroid era is exactly the same way I was watching Mark Burley's career. I didn't realize what I was watching. But you were enjoying it, no? I enjoyed it. Yeah, this, but that doesn't mean I got to put him in the Hall of Fame. Right? I don't know. For me, it does. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Sammy Sosa is responsible for putting the Cubs on the map in the late 90s. Wrigleyville, Wrigleyville was not a place to yeah, go. It was amazing. From 89 to 97. It wasn't. All the Cubs. He made a generation of Cub fans. Period. That I'm most pissed about. So, like, no one talks about Sammy Sosa. Somebody brought it up on the on, on MLB Network's broadcast today. Like a former, it might have been Mike Cameron. He was like, "Why aren't we talking about Sammy Sosa? Like, he's just as responsible as he's. His name should be right there on, on the brink as these other guys, and it's not. He's like, and it's a shame. And I'm glad a former player said that. Like, because I feel that way about about Sosa. Like. Obviously, the Cubs have blackballed well, the them. The thing about Sosa is, yeah, Sosa clearly, he, he turned into a, a, a steroid monster monster hitting machine. 
and try to find someone else from that era, that person who was basically Sammy Sosa light when Sammy Sosa was, you know, just a regular player or a guy on the verge of becoming great. And then he took steroids and he obviously became the Sammy Sosa that we know. There are a whole bunch of guys that could have been, you know what? I'm going to do what Sammy Sosa is doing. And I'm going to have his career, but chose not to. And instead we're going to celebrate maybe yeah, Sammy Sosa. For- yeah. Let me, yes. let me tell you. I don't care. I'll, I'll let me tell you a little something. Because he cheated. You're fine with that. Let me tell you a little something about Sammy Sosa. I'm fine with Barry Bonds going in the Hall of Fame. He cheated. I'm not. I don't want to be friends with the guy. Okay. And clearly, he's a dick. <laughs> I, Sammy's a fraud, and like he won't like. You know, he, he talks about. I've, I've met Sammy. We've done interviews with Sammy. And if you don't want to talk about the elephant in the room, that you know, that's kind of me. I've always thought like, eh, if you're not acknowledging it, you're kind of acknowledging it. So I get the fact. Like, I understand that he cheated the game, but he also saved it. Flat out, like yeah, he did. The 1998 season, he, him, and McGuire, and that whole chase, and the Americana, and everything else about baseball came back, and I think that should be celebrated regardless of how he did it. Period. So the hypocrisy of life. My favorite Sammy Sosa fun fact. Now this is this is from June, so I haven't updated him. The numbers might be a little off. Players with three or more seasons of ten home runs, one thousand three hundred sixty-nine. Players with three or Three or more seasons of 20 homers, 561. 182 players had three or more seasons of 30 homers. 46 players have three or more seasons of 40 homers. Four players have three or more seasons of 50 homers. One player has three or more ho- seasons of 60 homers. Sammy Whacked Sosa. out on steroids. <laughs> to what degree? <laughs> Nobody knows. Hey, so you no, I mean, the guy... So, so the, I don't know if there's guys that are already in who cheated. I don't know to what degree anybody else cheated. And so I'm just – it's a Major League Baseball problem. I'm not going to sort through that. Okay. Chris, I'm glad you brought that up. Do you have a problem with some of the other names that are in the Hall of Fame right now, Chuck? That have Uh, – Yes. Fine. 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 Yes. Yeah. Now, and let me just say this. I'm not trying to get on some kind of high horse about this. I am just speaking because I don't have a vote. Yeah, I don't have a vote. I'm just going off of what a lot of players who played the game, how they feel about this, because they played the game. And this affect the guys who didn't take steroids, this affected their careers. And so I'm kind of like looking out for those guys. I'm speaking for those guys. Not that these are the three best names to associate with this, but MLB Network did have kind of a, I don't know if you guys watched the coverage, but they had Jake P. They had Mike Cameron, they had Yonder Alonso. So two of the, all three of the guys had White Sox ties. All three of the guys, former White Sox yeah. players. Some of them not as uh, well liked as uh, others. But the point is, they asked flat, like they had hard conversations about these topics, and they discussed it the same way. And the only guy that they really, the only players that they truly had major issues with being a Hall of Fame, were the guys who went above and beyond to continually cheat the game after Major League Baseball had. Uh, strict steroid testing in place, specifically A-Rod. Like mm-hmm. they were, they they were like vehemently on a hill saying, like, I don't think David Ortiz and, and A-Rod even belong in the same conversation because A-Rod was going out of his way well after steroid testing was in place to cheat, while these other guys were getting tested on a regular basis. So they're also basically like, what they're saying is they're all acknowledging before Major League Baseball had strict testing that you could do whatever the hell you wanted. And whether or not you want to sit there and say integrity or whatever, like they were talking about how they watch players if they were Hall of Famers. So I don't, I think, I don't know. Like to me, that's three players out of thousands who've played the game. If you, if, if you, if you sampled a thousand former players, Chuck, and, and included a few Hall of Famers, I'd be really curious how the percentages would break down. I really would. Listen, I respect your guys' opinions. And I'm not saying I'm right, and I'm definitely not saying you guys are wrong. Um, I'm, I'm in the just, same boat. Listen, yeah. anybody who says yeah. I refuse to vote for the steroid guys in quotes, I completely understand where you're coming from and respect it. I'm not really? going to try to talk yeah. to you the other side. That's it. That's a real this is We're in such murky waters over this. I mean, really, it sucks. It sucks. Because, yeah. No, you're right, I, but you talk to former players and they're, where they're coming from. I totally understand it. Yeah. 
and and you have more acts. You talk to those guys a whole lot more than I do, so you're gonna get that side more. And I and that where that partly where that comes from. That's fine. That's cool. Right. So here's what here's here's what, easy for me. Like my life, can I say one more thing, Chuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's easy. It's easy for me. To like, it's easy. It's easy for me to like sit here and say like we never played the game. So as just like fans and like guys who've covered the game and like cover this team. Like we can have our passionate plays and it really doesn't affect anything. We don't have a vote. We never played the game at this level. So whatever. We don't really like we can stand by our points and 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 move on. What I would what I would tell Frank, and I, and I have in some ways, because I know he gets passionate. I've been in those conversations with you at times. I would tell the guys who did it right and like were Hall of Famers. And and I need to do this to myself every once in a while, just to kind of like enjoy the moment, right? Dude, like take a step. Like you, you did it the right way, and you and you're being rewarded for it. There's a couple guys who slipped through the cracks. Like, there's gonna be guys like you know, the pudges and the piazzas and even the poppies whose names are gonna be linked and they're gonna get in. But for the most part, the, the message has been sent for 10 years. Two of the best players to ever play the game, period, before steroids, are not going to the Hall of Fame. Because the ballot said, screw you for doing that. And so I would take notice of that. Like the met, like there's always going to be guys, you can't stop everyone. But the fact that you stopped the biggest names at the at, at the biggest height of the sport and scandal and, and, and kick them out of, of this vote, I, I think that that to me is like very telling. Because I really did think today as we taped this, I thought Bonson Clemens were getting in. I really did. Well, they will very likely be on the Today's Era committee at, at the end of this year, actually. And so you'll have 12 members. You'll have, like, what is it, three media members, uh, three players, three executives, something like that. It breaks down like that. And one of them or two of them might end up getting in. We'll see. Uh, but they did come close, certainly, here in 2022. All right. So let's go over our ballots. Chris, why don't you go first? Who is on your ballot? If you had an official ballot, who would be on it? Okay, so we talk about Mark Burley's case and how you know how you can definitely talk about Burley's case for a Hall of Famer. He's not on mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I would go seventeen. I could go seventeen deep on this ballot for a Hall of Fame if allowed more than ten. Let's just put it there. And the reason, one of the biggest reasons I couldn't go with Burley is because I look at I group Burley, Pettit, and Hudson together. They are so similar. That if I'm trying to put one in, I have to put all three in, and I just didn't have space, so I didn't do it. Um, so Bonds and Clemens to me are slam dunks and easy. I'm not even not even going to talk about that. For me, the next two are Scott Rowland and Kurt Schilling. I will mark them off in an instant. Um, Scott Rowland, when I was watching him play, I saw a Hall of Famer, and that's during his playing career. And if you go back and look at all the numbers, how many guys have – if you take a look at a metric called fielding runs, he had a hundred and over 150 of them. And so 150 fielding runs, 500 doubles, 300 home runs. And, and, the, and there's only six of those guys. And the other ones are uh, Ripken, Yaz. Um, I mean, they're all time six. And that, that's a Ryan Spader stat, which I definitely like that one. Ace of Spader on Twitter. Um, but I knew, whole, I just knew I was watching a Hall of Famer with Roland. And, mm-hmm. and then with Schilling, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, do not vote for Schilling. It's just pretty much saying you don't like him. And that's not what it should be. It shouldn't be. Because if I would say, oh, I'm going to vote for guys that I like. It's or the same him as- saying he doesn't want you to vote for him, which is what well, he did. Yeah, I mean, that's another story. That I'm didn't help him. Gonna, yeah, uh, it didn't. Um, but if you're going to say I'm going to vote for this guy that I didn't like, not vote for a guy that I don't like, it's the same as saying I'm just going to vote for a guy simply because I do like him. So in that case, I could put Burley and Przinsky on my on my list. Not going to do that. That's not the, what you're supposed to do. Right. So anyway, Bonds, Schilling, Schilling, uh, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, Roland, top four. And then I go. I want Jeff Kent, most home runs of any second baseman of all time by a lot by a nice margin too. Yeah. And when you're the best at a position, I think that that speaks. Um, then Sheffield, Manny Ramirez, Sosa. Wow. Those are dominant players. And I'm going to, I know, I know the argument against them, but they were just so good year in and year out. And then Ortiz, of course, and Rodriguez. 
I mean, I couldn't overlook hey, Rod going in. Yeah, bring them all in. These careers are just so tremendous. MVPs, monster seasons. They were just so good when I was watching them. I just couldn't ignore it. And you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't sort through who did what and when. So I'm just going to say Major League Baseball pretty much allowed this to happen. So I'm going to say shove them all in. And Great. I could have re- re- listen. I respect that ballot. I love mm-hmm. it. It's because of your love for the game. Yeah. And you you are looking past the the dark underbelly of it all and all good. I'm coming Great. right out there and say you. And yeah. then I could have gone an additional seven. Um, Hudson, Pettit, Burley. I could have gone um, Billy Wagner. Could have gone Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, and Jimmy That's everybody on there. <laughs> Jimmy oh, Rollins is a very underrated player. I think Jimmy yeah. Rollins could be. I, I think he's going to be a guy that sticks around for a while on the ballot. When I, I was watching baseball in those Phillies teams, I saw a Hall of Fame Keystone combination there. Utley and Rollins, to me, they were both Hall of Fame level talent. Now, I mean, if dig in a little deeper, I don't know, but I mean, just kind of, I would check that box if I had space. All right, Guff. All right, so I at least have a little bit of integrity. Um, not not much, but I will. Two players who are not on my list are A Rod and Manny from Chris's. And the only caveat I'll say is, it, it, I think both those guys were busted twice, right? They both were suspended diff two different times. Like that's I that's where I I'm gonna buy into like what the players were saying earlier tonight, the former players, by talking about like the guys who were doing it, whether or not it was morally wrong versus breaking the law. Like I, that's I'm I'm not gonna sit here and be any the morality police, but I don't have a spot for A Rod or Manny because of how far to the extent of which they went to uh, hurt the game, hurt their teams. I mean, A Rod was suspended for 162 games for God's sakes. I mean, what a joke. All right, so yeah, I, I'm not gonna go and give you like a class of list, but I'll say Poppy's on mine, Barry Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, all in on Todd Helton. I think Todd Helton gets screwed because he like you're 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 screwing a player because he happened to be drafted by the Colorado Rockies and then he just went out and dominated forever many years. Like I mean, we're gonna whatever we're gonna not reward a guy for playing in a in a in a ballpark. I think that's wrong. Uh, Roland, if I did not say that, Billy Wagner ranks second all time uh, in relievers, I believe, in ERA third in saves. Not saves. I'm talking like ERA plus. Only two. Oh, ERA plus. Okay. I believe it's ERA plus, and that's only to uh, it's only to Mariano. So like, I, I don't think Billy Wagner's appreciated for how dominant he was. Probably because he moved around. You know, like the one thing about the staple of, of of Mariano was that he just was the guy, and he was on the biggest stage. So uh, Wagner, I think, would be on mine. Sammy Sosa. I think I've said enough about Sammy. He deserves to be in those. If we're putting those other guys in, in my opinion, like he's more responsible for uh for, for like saving the game like for the what he did in baseball than some of the other players on the list um then i i do have andrew jones on me because chris to your point about watching a player when a ball was hit in the air from like 96 to 2002 in and the braves were playing i had no doubt in my mind andrew jones was going to make the catch not to mention what he did at the plate like that guy did so much for a team that was so good and they've already have so many hall of famers that like, he's like in some ways kind of not being rewarded for that. And I think people need to, to, to appreciate Andrew Jones. You know, the Gary Sheffield thing's interesting. He's not on my ballot. He has 509 home runs. I went back and did like a deep dive before this podcast. And he did like his numbers say he's a hall of famer. I just never felt like, I never felt like when he came to the plate where I'm like, you know, I might miss this Gary Sheffield at bat. I, Maybe I didn't appreciate him enough when he played. He had some you know, superb years, and obviously he's linked to uh, the PED stuff. And, you know, just for argument's sake, because I'm buying into like I, I've talked to er, at the top of this podcast that I didn't uh, appreciate Mark Burley five years ago like I do appreciate him now. You know, three years from now, I might say, I have Mark Burley on my list because I want Mark Burley to, to continue to be a part of the conversation. That's why I put him in my 10. I'm not saying today – I want to. I want to know more. So because of that, I voted for Mark Burley. Certainly, there's a bias there with him, but I do think you can vote for a player with the idea of keeping him on the ballot to have further conversations in the years to come. I appreciate that. I, I considered doing something like that, but what I did, I say I'm going to vote the ten most worthy people to me 
on this right. list. Yeah. And there there is the strategic the strategic voting like you mentioned, which which it, I understand that. I totally get that. Listen, this is uh, subjectivity at its finest. And <laughs> everyone listening, seriously, you should fill out your own ballot. And yeah. you really learn a lot about the game and yourself. You really have to think about, okay, what is it? What's a Hall of Famer? Who's a Hall of Famer in my book? And there's hey, a Chris. lot of things that you have to yeah. like figure out for yourself. And the steroid thing is just – it just it, – freaking clouds everything or it doesn't but it was a big thing for me going going back to conversations i've been having with frank and others about it it's just kind of like ah hey, hey, so hey chris i think i think chuck's gonna pick new friends after this podcast i know <laughs> I'll, I'll say my original draft i i didn't have rodriguez and ramirez at first and i had instead burley and helton for what it's worth if you would have asked me five years ago i'm putting bonds in I'm putting what, five years in. ago. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa! Why five years ago? Because it was about five years ago I started talking with Frank about this. <laughs> so, okay, All right. that's what I mean. This is, so this is exactly why the voting is flawed. It's I know it is. So here's here's my Hall of Fame ballot. I put Ortiz on there, as I explained earlier. That okay? Yeah, he did it. Apparently, did it. Might have done it, but he was not. That Hall of Fame. He was a Hall of Famer after it. Yes, there is the argument that old Barry Bonds was probably going to be a Hall of Famer before he took steroids. But man, I mean, he turned into this freaking. I just can't. What's that look, Guff? I don't He's understand your. Art. So, so why is David Ortiz on on your ballot? David Ortiz is on my ballot because he did not get popped for steroids after two thousand and four. So from two thousand four to two thousand sixteen, he was a Hall of Famer. That's why he gets it. He was better. He was better. Well, Barry. Okay. So was Barry Bonds. You think he was, I mean, people have said, yeah, he was a hall of Famer before he took steroids. Yeah. But his home runs, like the 70 and all that stuff was like in two, like all, like all before 2004. You you think he was clean when he had 73 home runs? No, I'm saying you, you said that you said David Ortiz got busted before 2004. Yeah. Barry Bonds did all of that stuff. Prior to 2004. No, no, but I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Ortiz. I, 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 we got you trapped, my friend. No, you no, no, no. Ortiz. You said David Ortiz, you said all that he got popped prior to 2004 when testing became a man. No, 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 no. What I'm saying was he got popped in 2003 and he hadn't become the David Ortiz that we know. He really became the David Ortiz we know after he got popped. That's my point. Got it. Okay. And yeah. This is why I chose to take the lane I took. Yeah. It's a listen. A lot easier just to let all the steroid guys go in. Sure I would. I was so much easier. But the thing is, though, when you when you do it the other way, what you're doing is you're what you're doing is say for example, there's guys who never got caught. What you're doing is you're rewarding the guys who are just better at not getting caught. That's all you're doing, in a way. Who is that? All right, Chuck. So Ortiz is in. <laughs> I know. This is so much fun. This would have been a, an easier podcast if I just let everybody in and there's no debate. There's no controversy. So here's who's in on my book. Andrew Jones, 10 gold gloves. Bring him in. Jeff Kent, like you said, most home runs ever by a second baseman. He's in like the top five in so many other categories. For second baseman, he's in. Third most in RBIs. Scott Rowland, eight gold gloves. Hall of Famer. Kurt Schilling. He was 11-2 and two in the playoffs in his career, by the way, with like a 2.8 ERA. Uh, yeah. Got Wagner, 422 saves. And then, because I got to keep him on the ballot, I got Mark Burley on, on there as well. If I would post this ballot online. I would be ratioed and ratioed and ratioed, but that's my ballot. It sounds like you'd be called by Frank too. Can, can you repeat your ballot one more time for me? I need to ingest this again. Real quick, just right, go down Andrew the Jones. Line. Yes. Andrew Jones, yep. Jeff Kent, David Ortiz, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, <laughs> Billy Wagner. Berlin. You got guys that are leaked to steroids in there. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I'm confused by your ballot. Who, who's leaked to steroids? I mean, Kurt flipping Schilling. No. No. Steroids? 
He was never no. linked to steroids. He was linked to saying no. undesirable things. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> he, was, he was a piece of you know what. He didn't do there steroids. Definitely got, Jeff, I know Jensen, I mean, there's, there's a lot of sp- speculation See, about just, I know Schilling, Schilling's the guy who was, spoke up for steroids. I, I'm, I, I'm getting all up in my own head with you, with some of the names on your list. I just think that I don't, Jeff, I don't recall Jeff Kent. I don't think you can Jeff Kent that your list is clean. I'll put it that way. See, you just don't know. I know. You, nobody That's knows. Why. Can I say, like, I'm just going to pick a random name on this list. Justin Morneau. Do I know 100% that he never took steroids in life? No, no I, could, I no. could never say that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. No, but at least the thing I can tell you with Justin Morneau for a fact is that there was strict testing that was in place to catch a guy like Justin Morneau if, in fact, he did cheat. But guys are always ahead of that, though. I understand. Always. That. I totally get it. Guys, I totally get it. All right, I'm I'm doing some research on Jeff Kent being a steroid user as we speak. Yeah, he was pretty adamant about not. Um, it's well, who I, I'm trying to pull up the names of the. But was least. he too adamant? Yeah, that's the problem. Yard Barker says there's a there's a, a, a headline that says I guess Jeff Kent didn't do steroids. That's a, a story. That's all I need then. That's all I need. That's it. There's a st- he's not. Hey, he's not. Uh, He's not on the Mitchell report, so that no, helps. he's not. He's not. Listen, I, I I hate being the the sourpuss doing this, but you know, I just I'm just taking a stand. This is an opinion, an opinion from. Well, can, can I can I say something about since since in case of morality, please come after come after me and Chris, including Chuck being the morality police here. And and I and I'm not. And listen, I I'm respecting your guys' ballots. I like your ballots. Can, can I? I I'm glad. I'm glad. The message was sent. I don't give a damn if they're in or not, to be honest with you. My biggest passion and problem is that the process is extremely flawed and people seem to like kind of like poo-poo it or hide from it. I, I think the process needs to be significantly changed or tweaked. And I would be okay. How do you do that? I would be okay if it was only the, the, the made up of small committees, like how they do the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They get 45 guys in a room. And they just knock it out and, and you give your cases and people either yay or nay in front of like in person instead of do like what what happened if Roger Clemens gets in, I don't think any of these guys will get in in this version of the today's era committee. Just just to uh, that, that I just think that'd be a bad look. Like what happens if Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens get in in December? I, I tell you, there's going to be one guy who gets in for sure in December. And it ain't those two. It's Fred McGriff. He's gonna waltz into the Hall of Fame in December. It should have been in anyway, but I know that's why. I mean, the, my my point is like what what like even by cutting it off in five years to make it from fifteen to ten, there's still like there's all these chances, and I'm glad there are because it gives guys like who got screwed, like Minnie Minoso, you know, opportunities to get in. I just I'm I'm totally cool if a steroid guy never goes in, Chuck. Like as a matter of fact, I I probably prefer it. The problem I have with it is that the leaks, like, there are guys in the Hall of Fame right now. Yeah, they're already in. That are already in. So what are we doing? So now it's the nice guy clause. And This, the whole- guy, was, this guy was a media darling. This, like, a, D- David Ortiz is on Fox sets, like, baseball. He the, His face is out there. Now, I know A-Rod is, too, but A-Rod's trying to salvage his entire brand by being, like, the face of the game, and, and, and Manfred loves him. But Ortiz is out there. People know him. And now, guess what he's doing? He's granting. He's he's friendly to his old uh, writers and stuff like that. And I'm and this sounds like I'm shitting on the writers, and that's not fair to them either. The guys who take it seriously, but I don't like the guys who turn in blank votes, um, just saying oh, I'm not voting for the era. I think that's yeah. irresponsible. That's so just looking think, for attention. Yeah, I think I think they need to really look at the process, really take a hard look, and say, like, is this the correct way to do the Hall of Fame voting, especially? Especially now with all of these guys from the steroid era uh, kind of come and gone, and 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 just the future of it going forward. Because before it was 300 wins, 500 homers, 3,000 strikeouts, all of these things, these barometers that you either hit him or you don't. And now that's never like those numbers are going to change forever. So, if Bonds or Clemens one day get to the Hall of Fame, fine, Agreed. all good. 
it's a part of the messiness and the gray area and murkiness of baseball and I guess of life sometimes. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see where it all goes. Uh, all I know is if Mark Burley ever gets to the Hall of Fame, us three are renting a, a, a bus and we're driving. I feel like we need to do an RV. An RV. I feel like that would be Burley-esque. Oh, yeah, an RV. Yeah, definitely need to do an RV. Not a bus. Yeah, well, that, that sounds kind of uncomfortable. We get we need an RV with a bed yeah. in the back and yep. a bar. Yep, 100%. 100%. All right. This has been fun. This has been fun. And, spirited. Uh, very spirited. I had a feeling we'd have a spirited conversation when I put together my ballot. And when I looked at the ballot, I had never thought I would actually end up with those names, and that's what I came up with. So everyone listening, you got to do it yourself. I'd, I'd be curious to know your ballot and send me your uh, – tweet me your your ballots i'd like to see them that's a wrap for this edition of the white Sox talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust, your home for white Sox. check in with free atms nationwide go to the special white Sox webpage it's www.wintrust.com slash socks my thanks to ryan mcguffey my thanks to chris kampka and my thanks to mark burley for your fantastic hall of fame career <laughs> hawk harrelson <laughs> take it away thanks our chuck And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.